Hey there, it's Jake Wiskirchen. You're back with us on Naga Notes, and this is episode number 49 of the podcast. This is a discussion about the concept of projection as it comes from Carl Jung. That's J-U-N-G if you want to look him up. And you can also look up more about this concept and uh, the entirety of the psyche from which this originates on the Zephyr Wellness YouTube channel. Just look up Zephyr Wellness on YouTube and you'll see our logo there with a ZW. And look up a brief model of the psyche, parts one and two, where I'm on a whiteboard and I'm drawing uh, how the psyche might look. And I unabashedly stole this from my friend and mentor, Dr. Christian Conti, who I've mentioned on the show and he's been a, a guest. Uh, you can check out more of him. But uh, you know, at his website, drchristianconti.com, as well as his YouTube channel. But on our uh, YouTube channel where I talk about the, the psyche, I diagram it on the whiteboard and I steal that concept from his book, Advanced Techniques for uh, Counseling and uh, Psychotherapy. So Advanced Techniques for Counseling and Psychotherapy is, a, is his book. I steal the concept from him and I just diagram it. So a brief model of the psyche, parts one and two on the Zephyr Wellness YouTube channel. You can find out more beyond just the concepts of projection, but today's episode is about projection. So thanks for that. The episode is always sponsored by Zephyr Wellness. It's a company I co-own in Sparks, Nevada, and I'm happy to announce that we will be expanding. We're growing. We uh, are virtually doubling our capacity into Sparks, Nevada, currently located in Reno, Nevada. And uh, we also do some work in the rural areas of Nevada, but we're, we're moving into Sparks and we're, we're pretty happy about that. We opened July 9th. So if you know anybody in the local area, tell them because we're also going to be coming into network here pretty shortly with some new insurances. Health Plan Nevada, and TRICARE. And so we're really excited about that. We're going to be able to serve a lot more people. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just honored. I'm humbled. I'm pumped. So thank you for, uh, for following along. If you've chosen to listen to us in your car today while you're driving just to fill time, it's, uh, it's an honor that you chose me and my voice and my content to occupy your time and your ears. Um, the second thing I wanted to announce, though, in addition to the expansion of Zephyr Wellness, is... Naga Notes is on the list of the annual podcast awards, and you can just Google annual podcast awards. It's the it's the 13th annual, and uh, 2018 podcast awards are going to be up, and starting July 1, you can vote for us. So if you're, if you're listening in your car, don't vote now. <laughs> that would take your, <laughs> your attention off the road, and uh, I don't want you to steer into a tree or wrap yourself around a pole or plow through a guardrail uh, just voting for us, but definitely when you stop... Please look up the annual podcast awards and vote for us. We're going to be in the health category, and uh, we would love it if you would, uh, you know, support us. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Um, God bless it if we win an award because that'd be pretty cool. So the annual podcast awards, just just Google it, and uh, it's it just pops right up, and you can uh, go there and, and cast your vote for Noggin Notes. So without further delay, this is episode number forty nine. It's a discussion of the concept of projection as uh, put forth by Carl Jung, J-U-N-G, and as taught to me by Dr. Christian Conti. Enjoy. Women listening to this podcast, have you ever looked at a man and, even though you haven't met him, started ascribing traits and qualities to him that you really just know that he has deep down? Again, even though you've never met him. Men, have you done the same thing to women? See them across the bar, think about talking to them, you start imagining all the great things they can do. Next question. Have you ever looked at another person and said, I could never be like that? Whether it's in a condescending tone 
or a slightly jealous tone because they're doing something you wish you could do, but you just don't believe you can. Third question. Have you ever entered a room full of people and gotten a little bit overwhelmed by the atmosphere and decided you were going to act a different way than that which you know yourself to be? And then finally, have you ever done something where you're completely at peace and you know it's authentically you? Yes, I think we've all been able to say yes to all those questions. And so this episode is about the exploration of projection. And the projection is a concept that comes to us from Carl Jung, J-U-N-G, if you want to know more about that, you can look him up. He's got some wonderful books. Um, I would recommend Man and His Symbols to start and go from there. But also the, uh, the portable Jung is good. Projection is one aspect of this human psyche. Psyche is derived from Greek. Psyche was said to be the goddess of the human soul. And psyche, as we know it, can easily be translated to mind also. And although we could get into a hair-splitting debate about whether or not those are different and what the differences are, for our intent and purpose today, we're just going to say that the psyche or the mind are the same. So in a human psyche, what we do is we have these defense mechanisms that help protect us from having to reconcile the reality that we're seeing with the reality in our minds that we wish existed. One of those defense mechanisms is called projection. And a projection is something that we throw out onto the outside world to keep ourselves safe, to help make things make sense to us, or to try to make us act in a way to the audience that we think the audience needs us to be. Even though it's not really who we are, we, we try to dance, we try to perform. So I'm going to dive into this for a little bit, and I'm going to explore those the, the four types of projections. Now, if you think back to the questions, the first one I asked was, men and women, have you ever gazed at someone of the opposite sex and immediately started describing qualities to them? Now, this is what Jung would call an anima or animus projection. For a masculine psyche, we all have, and I'm a, I'm a male, I have a masculine psyche, we all have an anima to us. That's a feminine side, and it's got all the feminine qualities. And you can you can ascribe different traits to these as you want. But just understand that they're all on a sliding scale, and they're all on a continuum from, from more to less, if you will. And I'm not going to get into a political diatribe about you know masculinity or femininity. Just we, we have to understand that humans tend to be one or the other, and some are closer to the center, and some are further away from the center. The point is that whether or not you're masculine or feminine, you possess qualities of the other. So based on how you were raised, you're going to encounter situations that either influence that and reaffirm it, or they, they draw you away from it. So as a man with a masculine psyche, I have certain impressions of what women should be and uh, need to be in order to make my world make sense. That would be my anima projection. If I start looking at a woman and I start ascribing things to her, even though I have not met her yet, that would be me in my own mind throwing things out there based on the way that I was brought up to somebody who I don't even know. But if I try to put things into her that she doesn't have, or maybe she could possess one day, or maybe she used to have, and I don't really know because, I, again, I haven't met her, then what that does is it helps me make sense of her. So... For example, if I'm raised in a very tumultuous environment where women abused me, say I was abused by my mother and I was neglected, I was not, mom, if you're listening, I, I love you, you're amazing, she was a school teacher, um, but I'll get into that in a minute. 
then what I'm going to do is I'm going to see many women the same way that I see my mother, especially if they look, walk, talk, act like them, or even sound like them, uh, or like her, I should say. So what tends to happen is we start to ascribe qualities to people we haven't met based on our own personal experiences from the past. That would be my anima projection onto a woman. Now, there's a deeper concept in the Jungian form of the psyche called a collective unconscious. I'm not going to dive into that because it, it would take far more time than we have today. But just know that the idea of looking at someone of the opposite sex, typically, and throwing qualities onto them that they may or may not possess is strictly from us. Now, let me give you a real-world example. I might look out at somebody who has dark hair and looks kind of motherly, and she may even be a teacher, and I'll start making assumptions about her, but it's through the lens of my own mother or my aunt, who is my mother's sister, both of whom were teachers, both of whom are very similar, uh, raised in Italian households. They talk a lot with their hands. They cook really well. So I might see someone of these same you know, physical traits and start throwing characteristics out of my own mind at them or my own psyche that they may or may not possess, but I've drawn conclusions about them. That's based on my own anima projection of my psyche. Now, if we flip this around, women tend to do the same. People of a uh, of a feminine psyche, and I won't say it's all women because I know that we have transgendered people, and transgendered people listen to this show, and they may be in a physical form of a woman but, but identify as a man, and so that would mean more that they have a masculine psyche. And inversely, men who may identify as women may have a feminine psyche. So we're not talking about physical characteristics, but what their psyche will do is it will try to make sense of what they have already been led to believe about the opposite. And so they'll, they'll try to fill in the gaps mentally, if you will. That's that's one form of projection, is the anima or animus projection. We all have this, and we all do it from time to time. So that's number one. And again, I'm not I'm not interested in going into a deep discussion about this or, or exploring different, you know, various capacities or what it means even to have this. I'm just trying to explain that we all do this from the Jungian perspective. So that's one projection. The second projection I talked about in that opening was when I asked if you were going if if you were in a place somewhere and you looked at someone and their behavior and you in, immediately determined that you could never be like that. So for example, you may be walking down the street and you see someone yelling at another person and berating them and condescending and being just very very mean. And uh, you say to yourself, I could never be like that. That's that's so wrong. And you just start judge, judging them and, and being super judgmental and saying, ah, that's not me. Um, similarly, you flip that around. You may look at somebody who's of high achieving, high success and say, I could never, I could never do what they do. I could never do, I could never be like that. Maybe they're working really hard. Maybe they have a lot of money, you know, whatever it is. This is what we would call the shadow aspect of the psyche. Now, the shadow is something that, we all possess, but we don't want to acknowledge. But we are very quick to point it out in other people. So if I may look at somebody who's highly successful, and I don't believe that I have that capacity in me, meaning I'm, I'm not acknowledging that I have the same capacity, I may look at them and just disavow it, go, I could never be like that. Similarly, I may look at somebody who's committing violent acts or heinous crimes and go, oh, look at that, look at that horrible person, that monster, and I'll start labeling as though that isn't within me to, to possess or to carry out. Pause there and think to yourself, do I really not possess those qualities? Or is that just me throwing something out there in order to keep myself safe so that I don't have to entertain the idea that I could possibly do those things? Whether it's a fear of 
becoming like that person or a fear of becoming like that person <laughs> if you're successful or whether you're, you're vile and hated. The simple fact is that if a human being has done something, it is therefore human nature. You, being a human, therefore possess that same nature and that same capacity. Meaning, everyone who has ever done anything on the planet lies within you and your ability to do the same thing. Let me explain a little bit deeper. Just because you don't acknowledge your own potential doesn't mean it, ex it doesn't exist. So it's not about the act of violence. It's not about the act of abuse. It's not about the act of success or, or uh, becoming a millionaire or going to jail or selling drugs or writing a book or whatever. It is. It's not about the act. It's about the spirit behind the act. So what's the spirit behind the act of violence? Um, power and control. Do you have power and control? Have you taken advantage of your power and control? Have you um, maybe used it inappropriately? Yeah, probably. Have you violated someone's trust, uh, say, in an abuse instance? Yeah, probably. Now, have you necessarily done the act of, say, molesting children? No, that's probably not within you to do that act, but it is within you to violate someone's trust, to take advantage of uh, a weaker person, and leverage that power. Now, similarly, it's, is it within your capacity to become a billionaire? I don't know. That's, that's, that's a pretty small percentage. It's reserved for very few people, but it's not about the act of becoming a billionaire. What lies behind a billionaire? Success. We generally measure success in money, and whether or not you agree with that is immaterial. The point is, if you're denying the ability to do that thing, then you're denying part of your own psyche, and you're denying your own humanness when you do that. So if we look at somebody like Bill Gates, who is a billionaire, who has become successful, who is philanthropic, who has uh, worked very hard, he's well known. All those traits I just described outside of the money aspect do lie within you. You can achieve those things. And to deny that and say, oh, I can never be like Bill Gates. What do you mean? A leader? Innovator? Philanthropic? You want to give back? Of course you can do those things. You do it on a little smaller scale if we're not measuring by dollars. But you can absolutely do those things. Similarly, you can absolutely possess the, the, the potential to take advantage of somebody, treat somebody poorly, disrespect them. And it doesn't have to rise to the level of felonious behavior that lands you in prison. It could just be something like taking a pen from a bank and going, oh, they'll never miss this. They're a big bank. Well, that's stealing. You took advantage of somebody's trust. They left the pen there. And that's probably why they chained the pens up, honestly. But that's the point of the shadow. The shadow aspect of the psyche is simply something about us that we're not willing to see in ourselves, but we're very, very quick to point out in other people. And I go in a little deeper in this in the, in the videos, but some examples across time, and this is not foreign to anybody, but it's the yin and the yang. In the black, there's a little bit of white. In the white, there's a little bit of black. Um, it's the idea of pointing your finger at someone else and having three pointing back at you. That's ages old uh, uh, reference. The other thing is there's, there's a reference in the Bible, I believe it's in Mark, where uh, it's written that you want to mind the plank in your own eye before picking out the speck or pointing out the speck in another person's eye. That's, that's pointing out somebody else's flaws before acknowledging your own. This is all the concept of the shadow aspect of the psyche. And a shadow projection is when that manifests in the real world and, and we put it out there. So the third concept of the third third, uh, third plank or uh, platform or bullet point of, of projection is the one where I asked you, if you walk into a room of people and you instantly start performing, you become something you're not. 
that's something that we call the persona projection. That's where we wear a mask. So think of an actor on a stage. He's not really him uh, off stage. He's whoever he is, and and uh, she is whoever she is. But when they're on stage, those people wear a mask, and they wear a mask to perform for the audience. We all do this in our own private way. Whenever we enter a, a room full of people or company that uh, we're not familiar with, maybe, or company that we're very familiar with, and maybe we're reading into them what they what we think they need us to be, that's called a, a persona projection. What we're doing is we're putting on a mask to entertain the crowd based on what we think they need us to be. Again, remember my, my verbiage here. It's what we think they need us to be. They may not need us to be anything, but if I go back to my fraternity undergraduate chapter, I might start, you know, swearing a little more than I used to. I might, you know, drink different beers than I normally do just to try to fit in maybe because maybe some of those insecurities of college start coming back, even though I'm, you know, pushing 40. Uh, I, I might instantly return myself mentally to the to the 19-year-old who is super insecure. Similarly, if I walk into a room full of, you know, successful, powerful people, political people or whatever, uh, and I'm wearing a suit and everybody's wearing suits and they're all dressed really nice, I might just you know, straighten my back a little more and walk across the room a little more confidently. But internally, I'm like, this isn't who I am. This is not me. That's a that's a persona projection. It's a mask that we wear in order to impress or pretend to be, you know, something that the people around us we think need need us to be. So keep that in mind every time you go to grandma's house and you mind your language a little bit more than you would around your friends or every time you go into a job interview and you're you're trying to perform like you're on stage. That's a persona projection and where it comes from is uh, a belief that you need to be something for your audience that you're really not sure of. You don't know what they need you to be because you're not them. You can't. You don't have access to that information. But, but nevertheless, we do tend to put ourselves on stage in front of strangers or even in front of the most familiar people in our world. You know, we tend to act a little bit more differently around our parents at dinner time than we do around our families at dinner time than we do around our friends uh, than we do at a ballpark around dinner time. You know, so keep that in mind. That's the persona projection. And then the fourth one, I asked. Uh, have you ever had a moment where you did something and you were just totally at peace, knowing that that was authentically you? Well, that's called a true self projection. And in the psyche, there's a center of the psyche called the true self. That's truly who you were made to be. That's that's the divine coming out in you. That's it, it, and and again, the the Jungian concept assumes that there's a divine creator who is all powerful. So we'll just say God. God created you to be who you're supposed to be. And inside of each one of us as human beings is a little thumbprint of divinity, a little thumbprint of God. And if we ever touch that, we are authentic. We are truly who we were meant to be. And sometimes that comes out when we do the right thing. We're totally at peace. We're authentic with ourselves. You know, we're, we're chasing our own dreams instead of someone else's dreams for us. And that's how we can have a true self-projection. And, and why is this a defense mechanism? Why is this something that seems artificial and keeps us safe? Well, every once in a while, we have to touch into that to remind ourselves who we are. Otherwise, we drift completely off the path and we have, you know, psychotic breakdowns and, and we have uh, psychological disturbances and so forth. So the closer we can get to authenticity and the closer we can get to our true selves, the more, more real we can be and the less we'll have to pretend, the less we'll have to throw things out onto people who um, we don't know, and the less we're going to have to deny parts of ourselves like that shadow aspect to say, oh, I could never do that. You can step into authenticity and just say, this is who I am. This is, this is me. I'm at peace. I'm comfortable. And the way that we get to true self is awareness. We got to continue sp expanding our awareness. We got to continue receiving feedback from other people, you know, trusted people, not people who are going to do us harm and tell us lies and, and 
and uh, inst- instill fear and guilt and shame into us, but but trusted people who will gently correct our course and keep us on the right path to 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 true self, which is that divinity. That's a little spark of God within you. So that the closer we get, the happier we can be because we're going to be more at peace. If you like this, um, please subscribe. Please tell your friends. Share with other people. And uh, reach out to us. Info at nogginnotes.com and info at zephyrwellness.org are great ways to shoot your listener mail back. And um, I'll try to get to it and read it on the show. And I appreciate you listening. Definitely subscribe. Definitely give us a rating or review on iTunes and Google Play, wherever you can get this podcast. Um, if you haven't downloaded the Noggin Notes app, definitely download that. Uh, we'd appreciate that, and it's a great way to track your thoughts and, and emotions. And until next time, I uh, thank you all for listening. And with a shout-out to our newest hire at Zephyr Wellness for inspiring me to do this projection episode, Lyle Speth, thank you very much. Uh, you're a talented human being, and uh, I can't wait to see you grow. Thanks for the idea for this. Uh, to the rest of you, on behalf of the Noggin Notes family and the Zephyr Wellness crew, I wish you all great mental health. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>